the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me. Let's play word games with fascists. We're going to call it fun with fascists. As you listen to these frauds, wannabe gangsters and swindlers, put lipstick on pigs and try to sell it to you. It's interesting to me how few people in this society actually understand the process of making money, of being in business. Let me explain something to the morons that may still be listening that don't understand I don't like when Democrats listen. The oil companies, you know those evil oil companies, the ones who increase the quality of your life to immeasurable, unquantifiable success and joy and ease. Make it very easy. Cool your house and all the rest of it. Their profit per gallon of gas, do you know, Squirrel Hands, what it is? It's 30 cents a gallon. That's what the oil company makes on profit per gallon, regardless of fluctuating prices. This is the part they don't want you to know. Because they, ha- as, as the prices fluctuate, so do their costs. That's called business, but Democrats don't understand that. So as I watch this feeble fascist in a diaper, this buffoon who's never worked a day in his life, pretending that the government is going to do its part in the circumstances of failure which it created, it's laughable. And I think to myself, who could possibly believe this? And then I realize there are morons still out there that are Democrats. And I don't mean the gangsters that are in on the scam robbing the people. Those guys I get. They're just two-bit wannabe gangsters. I'm talking about the actual people that think this is a, somehow helping them rather than realize, use this as a learning experience to understand exactly what our American gangster government is. You see, the federal government makes more than half of what the actual oil company makes. The federal government makes 18.3 cents a gallon for doing absolutely nothing other than letting business operate. That's their cut. So when they decide not to take that extortion fee, they're not actually sacrificing. Only if you have the mind of a slave do you view that as a sacrifice by the so-called government. This is an extortion business. And by the way, when you talk about diesel... Diesel, the trucks that deliver the food and the tampons that are missing from the shelves and the rest of it. That is 24.3 cents per gallon that the federal government just takes off the table. 18 cents the federal government. Do you know how much the state government here in Illinois? And I'm, I, I did an average, but the state government average in this, in this country, average, makes 31.3 cents a gallon. The state's make more per gallon 
than the oil companies, those evil oil companies. So when you hear this dimwit in diapers... Exxon's profits, are you going to go after them? Uh, we're going to make sure that everybody knows Exxon's profits. Why don't you tell them what Exxon's profits were this year, this quarter? Exxon made more money than God. Yeah, but Exxon worked. Your corrupt state and federal governments did absolutely nothing except polish seats with their fat asses, and they made more. And they made more. So now the government's the good guy? I just want to be clear who the good guy is and who the gangster is. You see, the gangsters, the Irish scumbag with a little bitty stutter and dementia and a diaper. That's the gangster. The producing company is the one that's extorted. And when you sell it in these real mobbed up failed states like Illinois, they actually make less than the necklace butter handed pansy governor and his cohorts. You know who knew this? You know who knew that what this was was a gimmick? You're not going to believe it. He's a Chicago Democrat, too. He was, in my world, an absolute unmitigated failure and a moron. But to Democrats, he's a god. But I remember when he commented on the government pretending to give you a, uh, a break. I know that we're having a debate right now about the gas tax holiday. I know how brutal this is on folks right now. And I know they need relief, which is why I've offered a middle-class tax cut for every American, a thousand. Now, his, because he's a backdoor socialist, and backdoor when you're talking about Barack Obama, that really means something. He's a backdoor socialist. He's going to just give away other people's money. That's his idea. But it's interesting to know him and to listen to the admission he makes. Dollars for working families so that they can deal not only with rising gas prices, but rising health care costs and rising grocery costs. But Another. for us to suggest that 30 cents a day for three months is real relief, that that's a real energy policy, means that we are not tackling the problem that has to be tackled. We are offering gimmicks when we're offering the same thing that John McCain's offering on the cheap. That means we're not presenting a truthful response to the challenges that we face in America. Ah, Every blind squirrel finds a nut. You're right, dummy. For once in your miserable career, Barack Obama was right. Because what we have at the core of the problem is the philosophy of what government is supposed to do, what its obligation to the people is, and what it's entitled to. See, it's not entitled to this kind of profit for doing absolutely nothing nothing other than letting business operate. And if it wanted to have the people succeed, it would revisit their ideology of taxation and onerous regulation. See, if they wanted us to prosper, they would do what we were doing ah, about 20 months ago. Let my people go. Set a climate that incentivizes everybody except the government. You want to fix things? Government needs to be put on a tight leash. Let's have a new law. I like new laws. You like new laws? I like laws. I like laws where they're supposed to be. Restraining the scum among us. The scum called government who spends $2 trillion on an infrastructure bill and now has a problem. They have to admit that it wasn't really an infrastructure bill. They have to admit that 9% of the $2 trillion, roughly $147 billion, which is slightly more than we gave Ukraine, the oligarch payoff. We'll talk about that later. Less than $150 billion went to actual infrastructure. And the way that they're funding this illusion of infrastructure 
is by profiting on gas sales. And what did Biden call it? More money than God? Yeah, that's what they've stolen from us. Now they're going to pretend that they're giving back. What I'm proposing is suspending the federal gas tax without affecting the highway trust fund. And here's how we do that. With the tax revenues up this year and our deficit down over $1.6 trillion. That's another lie that he pulled out of his diaper. The deficit is not down. It's up, you stupid son of a dog. You're paying it off with future debt. That is a swindle. Is there any moron that believes the deficit is down? Do you know why it's down, Squirrel? How he gets to this fraud number and why there will be some political who are expert that will come out and say it is? Is because they put on the sideline the $2 trillion. They put on the sideline the $1.4 trillion. They put on the sideline the $54 billion. They put on the sideline the budget for the CIA. They don't count what they don't want to count. It's like watching them do their phony science for their green energy swindles and boondoggles. It's really something to behold. And the moron... D student who's been told his whole life, you're just as good as everybody else. The one that votes for Democrat because he has to wait for them to cut him a rent check and food payments and to sustain his life. He nods like a seal chasing a laser because he's too stupid to realize how how much of an incompetent gangster government we have. Totally and completely unfettered extortion. You want to fix this? Here's how you fix it. Your gas taxes are capped at 10 cents a gallon. Not just you, federal government, waste, fraud, and abuse, but the state government as well. That's it. You get 20 cents a gallon. There is no way you should be making combined twice as much as the actual company that produces it. And for every inflation point, you lose a point of taxation. Otherwise, you know what happens? They actually make more as the price goes up because it's based on percentages. So they're not in this to help you. They just have have to have you believe they're helping you. The whole time they're giving you the, the Barack Obama. This year alone, we'll still be able to fix our highways and bring down prices of gas. Now, now shouldn't we be able to fix the highways with the $2 trillion infrastructure, which is more money than this government has spent on infrastructure if you add up the last 10 years? In one year, you, you printed up $2 trillion. So you don't need our taxes. You're, they're giving you your own money back and asking you to thank them. And 50% of this country says, okay, let's thank them. You know why? They're willful slaves. And they're looking for a master they get along with. We call them Democrats. We can do both at the same time. By suspending the 18-cent gas tax, federal gas tax, for the next 90 days, we can bring down the price of gas and give families just a little bit of relief. Yeah, 18 cents. 18 cents. That's, that's your solution, you con man. But then again, I'm looking at this moron. His solution for his face is Botox. Otherwise, it's, you'd have to realize it's melting off his skull. His solution for his hair is doll hair sewn to his head. So he only has superficial solutions. I call on the companies to pass this along every penny of this 18 cents reduction to the consumers. This is, there's no time now for profiteering. There are a number of other proposals by Democrats in the House and the Senate, and I hope my call for action can help move those proposals forward as well. But we can also cut gas prices even more in another way. That's why the second action I'm taking is calling on states to either suspend the state gas tax as well 
or find other ways to deliver some relief. State gas taxes. I mean, they are truly blind mice feeling around for a for a little bit of success. They are. This is pathetic because the answer has always been very simple. Release the oil companies. Release their investments. Release society, the private sector. You're not helping us. You're hurting us. The problem is quite simple. Government has created a climate in 17 months that has more than doubled the price of just gasoline, let alone all the other ridiculous inflationary expenses we never thought we'd see. They're not helping you. They're hurting you and hope you don't notice. Isn't that what every Democrat does? There's a reason Obama sounds like he made that speech yesterday. This is how they fail. This is how they failed for as as long as FDR and Woodrow Wilson commingled with Marxists, socialists, and tried to undermine Americanism. The American Democrat is the problem. The solution is the American way. 312-642-5600. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest of the nation and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. The one reason that our country is successful is because it has private industry, private property rights. The problem, the way the government views it, is that this country has private property, private property rights. It is working feverishly, specifically the Democrat mafia, to undermine that concept through a variety of different what they call laws, what I call abuses. Taxation and regulation. They have always been trying to backdoor nationalize the most important sector of our economy, the energy sector. That's what you're experiencing right now. What we have as a problem is that the intellectual ability of our citizens has been beaten down through generations of poor education to turn to their abuser for help. So there is a large portion of society that thinks this is good or that hopes this will work. Or they're a wishing and a hoping and a hope and change and all the rest of the bulldog without any recognition of the problem. Here's the other thing that you have to keep in mind. During the Trump years, the deregulation, the success of the oil industry, was bankrupting all of the other fascistic countries that own their country's oil. That's why you didn't hear much from Venezuela. You didn't hear Jack from Iran. And in Saudi Arabia, there was something going on that I thought we should have paid attention to then, but apparently we didn't. However, we did keep that... um, Mohammed bin Ad Salah, whatever. The guy with my Uncle Charlie's tablecloth on his head. The inbred bastard that he is over in Saudi Arabia. But he gave a speech in the middle of Trump's Trump's presidency that I thought should have uh, should have some attention to it. Now, I'm going to play it to you. You're not going to understand a word of it because they're speaking in that gibberish. However, I want you to hear the tone of his voice as you think about who your president is now. I don't know. أن أوروبا الجديدة هي شرق الأوسط المملكة العربية السعودية في الخمس سنوات القادمة سوف تكون مختلفة تماما البحرين سوف تكون مختلفة تماما.
Do you hear uh, the masculinity? Do you hear the authority? Because what he's saying, the words that are coming out of his face, are that Saudi Arabia and the Middle East will be stronger than Europe, will eventually be stronger than the West, will be the one that sets the tone of the cost of oil. Because what this prince knew, what the enemies of America knew, is the only reason America was succeeding is because for a very short respite, it had somebody in office for the first time in government, the leader of government, that understood and respect, respected private property rights. And they knew that, that would the fastest industry that would show that, that the result of that was our energy industry. It is why Saudi Arabia's company, which is now the most valuable company on the planet, Aramco, could not even go public under the Trump years. They had one obstacle. And that was Trump. They knew the moment he was out, government, gangster government of America, trying to backdoor nationalize this very important, the most important sector of our economy, would succeed and would forever change the cost and therefore their profitability. Because Saudi Arabia doesn't have to tax oil and gas. They own it. They have a very small inbred society. And they are kicking our derriere. And they've done this for years. It was really the Bush family that cozied up to those inbreds. That's the root of our problem. Steve Glenko. Hey, Sean. I want to agree with you on uh, the overregulation. This you is know, shocking. We, we, we never agree, Steve. Are you sure you're all right? Yeah, well, just hear me out. All right. Uh, and then you can uh, blast me. Okay? okay, fair enough. Um. Yeah. Okay, great. Which I know you will. Yeah, with less regulation, we can have more than two Boeing airlines crash and kill four or five hundred people. We, we can have more condos like surf. Let me finish. We can have more condos like Surfside collapse because they aren't inspected. We can have a coal burning plant in your backyard, and you could choke. First on. of all, Steve and Glencoe, you moron. Do you know why the condo collapsed in Sunnyside? I love how these idiot lawyers in Glencoe, these Mercedes Marxists. It, they knew about the problem 14 years ago. The association didn't want to pay or special assess the residents. They put it off for 14 years because they were cheap and didn't want to correct the problem. That's what happened in Sunnyside. That had nothing to do with regulation, moron. As for the planes that crashed, what exactly are you arguing about, you stupid son of a dog? I blame Saudi Arabia for the planes. The idea that we let them exist is the problem. We could drive them back to the camel depot there should be by freeing American companies, you idiot. But you need regulation because Stephen Glencoe is a lawyer, a two-bit lawyer failure who doesn't understand the principle of law. Law is not the government shield moron. It's the company and the private citizen's shield, not the government's weapon. But Steve in Glencoe is a Mercedes Marxist who doesn't view jack, law. Yes. He doesn't view law as my shield or, or an oil company's shield or the right to, to, to protect private property. He views it as a speed bump to his collectivism because Steve in Glencoe pretends to be a Democrat but really can't get far enough away from them. Otherwise, he'd go live down with his people. Go ahead. I hear the Gold Coast is nice. That's supposed to be a good area. Go visit the success of these Democrat sewers. Go enjoy yourself. Or you could hide in Glencoe and protect your family the way everybody would be able to if society had certain rules and laws that were abided by. 
But Steve is a collectivist. He has the slave of a, uh, or the, the mind of a slave, but he wants to be the master. And he's hoping he can get enough willing slaves. They're called Democrats. And he might be able to. I mean, after all, how could anybody sit by as Dick Durbin pretends to help people? The issue of gun violence is front and center in the city of Chicago, but not Chicago alone. We have a terrible death rate from guns. But there are- <laughs> no, 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 we have a death rate, Dick Durbin. We have a death rate from scum behind the guns and your scum lawyers that let them roam the streets on virtually no bail and refusing to prosecute. And in essence, working as liaisons and lobbyists for the gangster disciples and the street gangs. And then we have the lawyers who run out of Chicago and go to Glencoe, pretending that they're down with the struggle. And we have an acceptance of failure because we have willing moron slaves. We have the mindset of a society that wants to be subservient to a corrupt mafia government like Chicago. The problem here is simple. It's Democrats. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Yeah. Nice. Good song choice. Yeah, 70s. Better music. Same Democrat stupidity in the White House that destroyed the economy and the country. In the administration, this is kind of fun to watch. We've got um, Rachel Levine, possibly the sexiest Democrat female, at, at least if you're including Chicago Democrats. She clearly is the sexiest. And then we've got other dimwits in there um, that you're supposed to feel good about. Ma, now, I don't think she's related to Bobby Boucher, Waterboy, but she is a Boucher, and they all have that same kind of logic. I cover Congress, and Republicans often say that the administration wants high gas prices. They want this because they think it is an excuse to move to renewables to a cleaner energy. What is your reaction to that? Do you think that the short-term pain will provide long-term gain? Well, I think if there's the president has been so clear that rising gas prices is a priority for him, that that should dissuade anybody from thinking that he likes it or thinks it is a good thing. But none of that changes the fact that for our national economic security, for our national security, we have to be thinking about all the different ways that we can transition to clean energy. And the president has been very committed to that. It could be $50 a gallon, toots. I'm never going to buy one of your battery-operated cars that burn down houses and garages and set fires. Never. I'm never going to do it. But um, as for your premise that he's been paying attention for a while, I think you may be right. There was a story a friend of mine just sent me during the break that I remember reading four weeks ago. I was lucky enough to get sound on it. Uh, I wonder how many people are talking about this. My name is Shamit Konar. I'm the chief executive officer for Pilot Flying J. We operate the largest network of travel centers in the United States, serving the U.S. trucking industry and four-wheel customers. We currently account for approximately 20% of the country's highway, or as we call it, over-the-road diesel supply, 20%, as well as 30% of the diesel exhaust fluid supply, also known as DEF. Similar to my colleagues here, Pilot is facing a threat of severe reduction in rail service allocations. For Pilot, the service reduction allocations are being imposed by the Union Pacific Railroad. 
On April 13th, we were informed by the Union Pacific that we were required to reduce shipments by 26%. What? Reduce shipments by 26%? I wonder what that oh, idiot... Oh, God. I wonder what that idiot in Glencoe, the two-bit Democrat slip-and-fall lawyer, thinks. Is that a regulation or is that a, a backdoor intimidation? Why would they reduce 26% of diesel to a company that supplies 20% of the entire over-the-road trucker gas supply? Why would they do that? Because they want lower prices? Is that why, you moron Democrat? But you're the same idiot that didn't know that Sunnyside knew about the problem with its foundation for 14 years and just didn't want to pay the special assessment, huh? These are the kind of morons that justify a vote to destroy the principles of Americanism. In subsequent conversations, we were asked to reduce them even further by 50% or face embargoes. 50% or face embargoes. That's government extortion to end retailers and wholesalers for the gas supply of the trucking industry, which is the logistics of goods throughout the country. You stupid Democrat morons. You did this. You did it. And now you're pretending to help us? You created the problem so you could use it as an excuse to backdoor nationalize industries and deliver the kind of utopia that Iran Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, and every other third world banana republic hellhole operates because the government likes it that way because they're the ones that are in charge of it all. And that's the real goal here. You don't fool anybody, scums. We've got obviously all of this upheaval. We've got the coming out of the pandemic. We've got uh, this obvious invasion of Ukraine on the energy side. You know, it's interesting today. There was a, a video of a drone. These are the same Ukrainians that we had to send instructors so they could learn how to pull a bazooka out of a crate. They've got drone strikes now. And guess what they're striking, Squirrel? They're striking Russian oil refineries. What about the environment? Eco-Nazis? Oh, they, they like the, the, the Nazis in Ukraine. The Azovs, I believe they're called. They're the good Nazis, though. Like our own eco-Nazis. They're also the good guys. You know what they are, really? They're Democrats. They got a lot. Of, they're all Democrats in one form or another. They're helping us. Um, but, you know, to John's point, there are some serious problems here. And it's also important to remember that just because things poll well doesn't mean it's necessarily smart policy, right? Wait, what? <laughs> Not always the same thing. Noted. But, like John said, this does nothing to fix supply. Mm -hmm. It actually supports demand at a time when demand can't keep up with supply. Uh, Moody's economist, Mark Zandi, he told me that he is concerned that this could be... That means I don't need Moody's economist. That means prices will go up in the face of the so-called help. It's very similar to Jerome Powell today, who admitted that his philosophy is to bankrupt a large portion of society to bring down demand. That's their idea of stabilizing inflation and bringing it down or stabilizing the economy. These are the same kind of morons that poison people who have cancer with chemotherapy, hoping that it fixes the cancer. Only this is economic chemotherapy. This is the best you're going to get out of these two-bit idiots. And it's not like it's anything new. I mean, after all, we have the new idiot, spokes idiot, with the uh, hair-like sideshow Bob, the president expressed this, this sentiment again today on, on really laying down the hammer on these big oil companies. And so 
Why is he not in the room tomorrow to express this message himself? Because well, he's a coward. He talked about this, as you said, as you just stated earlier today. Um, the Secretary of Energy, Senator Granholm, who is just standing before you, is going to have those conversations. Um, and uh, and what we want to see is a yeah. solution. Yeah, there we go. Spokespeople graded on a curve. Let's go to when it was really uh, Jen Psaki. Pippi Lystocking. She's still my favorite. I mean, we saw, and I talked about this a little bit earlier, even as it relates to the recent, the, the inflation data that came out today, uh, we know that 61% of That's that is ago. driven by the price of, by energy costs, by Putin's invasion into Ukraine. And we need to continue to take every step we can, whether that's oh, working with ago. Congress, considering what authorities we have, uh, continuing to ensure we take steps to uh, make sure the supply meets the demand out there. Given how inflation has escalated over the past 18 months, would you say that the war in Ukraine is the primary driver of inflation in America? No, inflation was high before, certainly before the uh, war in Ukraine broke out. Powell was blowing all kinds of talking points for the Democrat mafia today. It's not going to matter because the Democrats don't care what Powell has to say. They don't care about the economy. What their answer is always going to be is more something for nothing. So the administra- we're still continuing, uh, the president, the administration, uh, to assess options of cancellation. We have not made a decision yet. Uh, as the president said just recently, I think on Sunday, he expects to make a decision on that soon. Uh, I do want to add no one, no one has been required to pay a single dime of student loans since the president took office. Nobody's paid a dime of student loans that's held by the people. Since the president has taken office. You know what I love about this clip? That doesn't benefit the gangbangers or the people victimized by the gangbangers. That benefits the Mercedes Marxist in Glencoe, who lives in a $3 million house and doesn't want to pay his student loans. The deadbeats who pretend to be the best part of society. The doctors, the lawyers, and the swindlers that don't want to pay for their own education. The welfare roach. The intelligentsia of the Democrat Party. They're so sophisticated, but they all have the same flaw. They're leeches and roaches on everybody else. They're barnacles on the ass of society. 312-642-5600. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. Oh, live. You know, my mother went to go see him when he was in Chicago. He had the gold jacket on. She talked about that a lot. You know, it's funny as you think about this imbecile spokes buffoon. She thinks it's an asset to say that nobody's paid their student loan to to the country. The government owns those loans now, thanks to Barack Obama. Nobody's paid since Biden has been in office. Yet she's going to help the ordinary working man by alleviating gas tax. You see the different... Visions of society these collectivists have. You working people, you mean nothing to them. You'll shut up and you'll pay their bill and you'll thank them when they don't tax you. But these sophisticated, college-educated Democrats scourge that don't have to pay a thing, they're the chosen part of society? This is why when I go to a doctor or a lawyer or whatever I'm doing, the first question, are you a Democrat? Because if the answer is yes... You ain't getting my business on any level. On any level, you scum of the earth. Really, this is, this is a character issue. The de- American Democrat is the problem. Not the oil companies, not the oil market, not the interest rates, not the housing. It's you. Scourge. 
Big Joe, Chicago. Big Joe. Hello? Hi. Yep. Hey, I'm here to talk about how the Democrats are burying down America. Huh? I think I just did, but if you can do better, have at it. You might get a show. Hey, that sounds great. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So anyways, when you think about the world leaders uh, that receive the most hate, it's the Democrats. And it's always for dozens and dozens of reasons. But meanwhile, the, when the world hated, like Donald Trump, Donald Trump was very hated. Why? Because all he did was say idiotic things sometimes. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, nobody criticizing him knows anything about what they're talking about. They just know that he's an idiot. And he says a lot of things to get them mad. All right. You look at Hillary Clinton, the Bushes, the world hates the Bushes. The whole of the Middle East hates George Bush. No, 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 they don't. Saudi Arabia loves George Bush. They used to play together. they love... They used to play together when they were kids. Because here's the problem we have. We have a bipartisan problem in this country. The bipartisan problem is the Democrats and Republicans enjoy the superiority of collectivism. And until citizens, ordinary citizens, regardless of what they think their political philosophy is, understand that it isn't the politicians you have allegiance to. It's the principle of the nation. And the philosophy of this nation is you are not to be ruled, Big Joe. You are not to be ruled. We are not to be put in this circumstance where the government can put its influence or its, ex- or its penalty wherever it chooses. That is not the American way. We've been lulled into complacency by witch doctors and con artists. These political whores. Political whores like Jennifer Granholm, who is qualified to do nothing like all of them are. Qualified to do nothing. Yet Jennifer Granholm is very, very wealthy. How did she get wealthy? Through corrupt government. And she's a front-running, inciting, trading rat. Um, Secretary Granholm, you and the president have framed uh, this war in Ukraine as the primary driver of the spikes in energy costs that's the largest contributor to overall inflation. Now that, that right there, they should be impeached. They should be, uh, 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 at least have investigations. How can you do this? How can you tell an absolute and bald-faced lie? And the reason you get away with it is because your constituents are stupid enough to believe you. But nobody else believes you. Powell doesn't believe you. The rest of the government, the rest of the economy. Fact itself. Sorry, the rest of your question. Well, are there positive signs of prices stabilizing? So in terms of prices stabilizing, uh, you know, what we're, what we're looking for is you know, compelling evidence that inflation is coming down. And we, we don't have that. So nothing I could point to says that we have that. I will- so what they're going to do is continue to bankrupt the people who can afford it the least. The working man who are carrying credit card debt, who have mortgages, who have car payments, who have fluctuating debt. And on top of that, what they do is enrich themselves in a diabolical way by massively increasing payments on debt none of us agreed with. None of us. The national debt. They have the largest amount of money ever owned on the planet tied to their whim. And through their dictate, those payments drastically go up, and you all have to make them whether you want to or not. This is a rigged game, kids. Rigged game, and you ain't in on it. Jack Whiting, Indiana. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Anytime. Uh, I want some answers from these dimwit Democrats. Um, Our fighter jets in the Air Force... What do they think that those planes run on? Suntan oil? What about the ships at sea? Nuclear. Fish oil? 
Nuclear. Okay. They're, well, they're nuclear. Not, not all of them. But That's anyway, yeah. until they come up with the right answers, Air Force One and all those planes that those Democrats and all those politicians are flying around to, to you know <laughs> represent us, ground them. And I want a list of all the refineries in the U.S. that is processing Russian crude oil. I want a number. And I want I want them to answer us. Well, you know how they get around that, don't you? Did you hear did you hear I, I don't know, Jack, if you were listening last week. You know how they get around it? They sell it yeah, to India to for forty yeah. they sell it to India for forty dollars less a barrel. India arbitrages it to America. And they pretend we forth. have sanctions. Joe Biden doesn't have sanctions on anybody but the American people. It's the, the ramifications of allowing a Democrat to usurp the office. Jack, love the call. Here, you very rarely are you going to have a chance to listen to an intellect to possibly the most successful, financial successful woman on the planet. So, so okay, so we have a situation where there's money coming out of the Highway Trust Fund. It's going to the oil companies. They're, they may not give it to the consumer. There she is, $500 million. Who could ask why? We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me. excited about our next guest for a multitude of reasons. I don't want to make him wait. I cannot wait to talk to him. His name is Robert Bork Jr. Uh, he has an article, Will Republican Senators Vote for the End of Capitalism as We Know It? I believe they already have. So I'm put me down for a yes, Robert Bork Jr. <laughs> yeah, well, we're done talking, I guess. I guess we we're all done. I, the question is, how many won't? I say it's about 10%. And I'm curious to know, you have an unusual perspective. I was a huge fan of your father. And his book, The Antitrust Paradox, is a book that helped me develop my opinions. It's a powerful book that I believe um, should be mandatory reading for all kids. Well, it might be hard for a lot of kids, but I think if you're interested in uh, economics and the way the world works, uh, and how we uh, manage, uh, you know, companies uh, that are uh, in competition with each other. Uh, it's it's a it's a great great lesson. My father wrote this book in nineteen. It came out in nineteen seventy eight. He was actually working on it even in the sixties, and uh, it really looked at how antitrust, that is, the laws that we have that govern competition between companies. Uh, how it had been misused and abused and came up with an idea that really what the purpose of antitrust is, is the consumer, consumer welfare. Uh, what's good for the consumer? And, and uh, he put forward that idea in the book, The Antitrust Paradox. And amazingly, I think he was even surprised. A year later, in 1979, the Supreme Court cited the book in, a, in an antitrust case cited the consumer welfare standard, and basically that has been the, uh, the lodestone of, uh, of antitrust enforcement for the last 40-some-odd years. Uh, and during that time, of course, we've had amazing growth in the economy, amazing innovation and job creation, 
And now we're finding ourselves at a time when uh, uh, a lot of Democrats, a lot of really, really radical Democrats want to uh, destroy that, that uh, enforcement regime uh, because they want more control. They want more regulation. They want to use antitrust for that which it was never intended. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they, they're pushing forward this uh, legislation in the Senate now uh, to do that. And it's uh, really a bad idea. And, of course, a lot of Republicans are buying into this. Yeah. They're mad at yes. social media, you know, because they think, well, well, we'll just hit them with a club of antitrust, which, again, it's not intended for that. And there are other ways to go about uh, you know, ending the censorship problem, fixing the censorship problem. I pose this to you. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I can't wait to talk to you, so I'm going to interrupt you. I pose this to you. <laughs> and this is, uh, you know, I came up with this um, years and years ago, reading about the Sherman Antitrust Act. And at that time in our country, we had a very corrupt government that people, you know, are unaware of. They didn't know it. And they wanted to use this to break apart or, or extort what they called robber barons, which I believe the government is the robber baron. But anyway, they wanted to use it against Vanderbilt, but specifically they wanted to use it against Rockefeller. And what they, mm-hmm. the byproduct of what they created is the biggest problem today, and that is the Middle Eastern oil success, which was created and built by the Rockefellers because the Sherman Antitrust Act made them go offshore. Had that act not been put forward and the government not been able to break apart, which, by the way, was not the strongest oil company at the time. In fact, they saved it by breaking it apart. I think Uh this country would have been a thousand times better off and the government would not have the stronghold where it can pretend that it's helping you by not extorting transactions they've taxed five times before. Uh, Well, your analysis is very perceptive. Yes, absolutely. Everything you said. Yes, John D. Rockefeller was very happy when his companies got when his company got broken up because suddenly he had more shares and more companies. He became <laughs> you know, eminently richer, and you know the same thing would happen to uh, 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 you know, Zuckerberg and uh, and, uh, and these other uh, folks who uh, you know like at Google and uh, they, they break them up and make them richer, but. Frankly, that would not be good for the consumer because so many things that these companies do uh, rely on uh, you know economies of scale, network effects, and uh, and and so things like at Amazon, you know, Prime would go away. Uh, many of the services that Google uh, offers would would not be uh, you know easily available, or you'd have to pay for them. Uh, so these are this is one of the dumbest ideas in the world to take you know, go backwards, or as they used to say, you know, roll back the clock to a time when antitrust enforcement really was not well done. And it, and it, no. it hurt companies, it hurt, it hurt growth, it hurt, hurt the economy. And uh, it, it couldn't have happened like without either the cooperation or the ignorance of the, of the, what was supposed to be the opposition party, the party of business, the party of free market. Uh, uh, success and the party of uh, the mm-hmm. Enlightenment, the Republicans. The Republicans commingled with the Democrat morons, collectivists, and I think they did it not because of ignorance. I think it was more diabolical than that. I think they, too, support this idea of backdoor nationalization, which is really the goal as we see it today. And I recognize George W. Bush 
next to Nixon as the absolute worst Republicans to ever be in charge of anything. And the destruction they did to the economy cannot really be undone. Whether you look at the EPA and OSHA of Nixon, or you look at the moron Bush with, I have to break the rules of capitalism to save it, while bastardizing the entire premise of the marketplace. Uh, Can't argue with a lot of that, no. All right. It's easy talking to me, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'll do the interview. Just kidding. Just kidding. Now, look, what we have here is now, uh, you know, number of Republicans who are hell-bent on pushing this stuff through, uh, and it would make a hash of the economy. It would, it would fossilize capitalism. you got Ted Cruz, who's you know on board. Uh, Josh Hawley from Missouri, who has put forth some really idiotic ideas. Uh, uh, John Kennedy from Louisiana. Uh, Lindsey Graham from South Carolina. And, and my personal favorite of all these guys, Chuck Grassley, who was a champion for my dad back in 87. He's been around that long. And and I I love the guy, but I don't understand why he's, he voted this bill out of committee. All these guys voted this bill out of committee. Uh, It should have died in committee. uh, And hopefully it'll, it will never make it to the floor or it will die there. But I got to tell you, the real, (laughs) if they, if the, if the Klobuchar bill, which is, I think entitled innovation, and choice bill, which is about neither of those things, and will hurt both of them. Uh, but that's how they're named bills these days, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if this bill, even if it's defeated, what we, what we have is a radical progressive. In fact, even as been described by uh, Commissioner FTC Commissioner Christine Wilson as uh, uh, a Marxist agenda. Uh, over there, uh, you know, she says they have a that, that uh, Chair Khan, Lena Khan of the FTC, has a unified worldview that draws heavily on concepts from Marxism and critical legal studies. So they, but they'll, they'll even if there's no new legislation, they are hard at work. They are hard at work bringing cases, and actually, they don't even have to bring litigation against a lot of these mergers and acquisitions. All they have to do is sort of raise an eyebrow. Yep. Flex a muscle. Exactly. And and and, uh, and these and these CEOs go running in the other direction. Oh, we can't do that now. Nope. You not, know, we're not going to do it. I'm so curious about the way in which you grew up. I was such an admirer of your father. Your father was a legal scholar, a judge, but above that, this is a guy that completely understood, in my opinion, the absolute and total principles of the Enlightenment of which this country was built upon. And the idea that we were supposed to have a representative Republican, as I watched as a young man, I was in high school, as he was attacked and maligned. I I, I remember thinking to myself, who is this imbecile leading the charge to get this guy who, by all accounts, was more than an honorable person, but exactly the right guy at the right time? Who's the guy leading the charge? And that turns out to be this idiot we're now calling president, isn't it? Yeah, well... Yes, uh, that uh, idiot, as you call him, uh, uh, you know, he can't get my father out of his head. My father's living rent-free in his head. So when he, uh, when he uh, announced as president these 72 executive orders to, uh, to uh, you know, attack companies for their concentration, he listed off a bunch of statistics that we haven't had any growth, that, there, that uh, you know, this, Investment has declined. That uh, small businesses have declined. 
And I thought, that can't be right. And I looked it up. No, every single one of those things was absolutely dead wrong. Mm -hmm. And, but, you know, but you see that every day uh, in what he says, and uh, constantly being corrected, even with, from the Washington Post or the Pinocchios. You know, they, it, a lot of what he says is just absolutely wrong. But yes, I looked through that. I, if you, <laughs> I was sitting right behind my dad uh, at the, uh, during the hearings. Uh, and it was uh, it was uh, painful. It was painful to be there. Yes, I can imagine. But it was also it, 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 you were also privy to sit in the front row of when the Republican Party exposed itself as a corrupt collectivist organization occupied by about seventy percent of Republicans at that time, and you realize it was really a small minority of Republicans who were steeped in the principles of Americanism, like your father or Ronald Reagan, who was strapped with a collectivist in, in his vice president, George Bush. So you had to see at that time, there were some Republicans that were nervous your father may get in because he would have been the, the stop, the breaker of their seizure of private property and private business and collectivism. Would he have not been? I think he would have. Uh, stood, what do they say? Stood athwart the wall, or the uh, and, and 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 fought back. Uh, yes, he would. He would have made a big difference, and I think this country would have been a lot better off if he had been confirmed. But oh. that was not to be. I would have been better off. My kids would have been better off. The future for 100 years would have been better off. Because as I was thinking about this interview, I was thinking about, I, I have a hard time calling myself a, a Republican. And it's because of the Republicans like Richard Nixon. And I don't care about Watergate. I'm more interested in what he did with an executive order called the EPA and OSHA and the rest of it. The Department of Education was his brainchild, not, not uh, Carter. And then you see what um, yeah. George W. Bush did with the uh, Patriot Act. Your father would have never stood for the Patriot Act. He would have known it would have led to a place in which all American citizens could be surveilled by their government, ultimately for their political beliefs. Your father and his ideology was why I walked around with the arrogance of an American, thinking there's no way collectivism or totalitarianism could be legal here. And if you look at well, it from that it, aspect, it, doesn't it make sense yeah. why they went against him? Uh Look, he had a lot of people like Orrin Hatch, who you may differ with on other things because, you know, other other policies. But Orrin Hatch fought for him like a lion. And so did I was working, uh, had been working for, uh, or later worked for Senator Gordon Humphrey of New Hampshire, who fought for him. He was on the committee. And, uh, you know, there, and, and, and Chuck Grassley uh, and, and a lot of those guys did. And Strom Thurmond, God bless him, uh, a little past his, uh, his expiration date there, but uh, he, he fought too, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, but, you know, it's hard when, and, and, and Ronald Reagan, God love him also, he was just a little too late. You yeah. know, the whole, he, you know, actually, I often tell people, they always say, well, it's too bad they beat him up and, and, and defeated him. My father was defeated in 1986. Yes. When, when the Republicans lost the Senate. Yes. That was when he was defeated. You know, uh, it was, and and of course that the that the, uh, the left was going to try something never, they'd never tried before, which to organize into a group of a hundred plus uh, activist groups, organizations to, to to defeat him, and and also deciding that they were going to lie and say things about him that you know he couldn't he just he couldn't defend himself. No, and, and, and it, our side wasn't organized. You know, I think kids should watch this. You know, it's funny uh, the producers here on my show. I, I have Honey Bunny and Squirrel Hands. They're kids. They have no idea what we're talking about right now. But I can remember, like yesterday, the look on your father's face. 
And I kept thinking to myself, boy, oh boy, this guy, if he could get out of that chair, did he ever shoot you a look like that when you came home and told him you smashed the car? I mean, this guy was a real, like it used to be. He was a man's man, was he not? He was. Well, he was a Marine. Yep. Uh, I think that was one of the things he was proudest of. Was he was a Marine. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he, he was not a politician. That was part of his problem. You know, he did not know how to play it like a politician. He did not know how to say... Uh, you know, the kinds of things that, that the candidate or nominees for the Supreme Court say now, which was, you know, he, he felt he had to answer the question. And others, these, you know, the last five or six or seven of them don't answer the question. But I say, well, I, you know, I can't say it. it might come before me. Uh, and, uh, and they dodge it. Actually, that was, the, that was called the Ginsburg answer. She, she did that. Yeah. Uh, so... So yeah, he, he, you know he was he was uh, not suited for that game. From your perspective, before I let you go, does this country have the intellectual capability to go back to the to, to demand the liberty it's given away over the last thirty years back, or do you think we are just on the trajectory of a soft Marxism people can live with? Uh, well, look, we're already somewhat socialist now. Uh, even did we lose him? I think we lost him. Uh, listen, I I think we lost Robert Bork Jr. Are you there? I'm here. Can oh, you hear me? Now I can. Now I can. So uh, I don't mean to do that yeah. to you, but we 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 were uh, we're in a soft socialism now. I couldn't agree more with you. Do you think we can get it back? I just want to get that answer from you. Well, my father wrote a book called Slashing Towards Gomorrah. I don't think he thought we could get it back. Uh, I tend to be more optimistic. I uh, have two uh, children in their 20s. I have great faith in them to uh, continue the fight. I think you have to engage. And I urge any young people listening to you to realize that you can't sit back. You have to engage in the fight. And maybe we can. Maybe we can. He's Robert Bork Jr. Where can the people go? Do you have a, a website where you post articles, or is this just a how, – how, how, how can the well, people follow you? Well, on this issue of antitrust, uh, I have the antitrusteducationproject.org and also at antitrust.edu uh, on Twitter. Uh, and uh, I've been writing a lot, and I suppose if you just put my name in Google and antitrust, you're going to find what we've been writing. But it's also on the website. I'd like to have you back through the collapse of America and the future atrocities. Do you mind coming back on? Gosh, that's encouraging. I, I've, I'm slumping in my chair now. Uh, I have an adult beverage, I think. I'd like to um, have you back. Yes. Well, I'd love to come back anytime. Thank you so much, Robert Bork Jr. I appreciate it. Well, this is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. All right. Phone lines have been waiting patiently. I'm going to go to this caller because he has an excellent point that I like. Mike Lake Forest. Hey, Sean, how are you? Good, Mike. How are you, buddy? I'm sorry. Uh, I had you on speaker walking around the kitchen. No, I appreciate I you holding it on. No, I never expected to actually talk. Oh. Uh, a couple questions I had was the strategic oil reserve. Mm-hmm. Not very strategic. Well, yeah, that's a given, I guess, now that they're releasing it. But, you know, it's to keep oil prices down, as they say. 
But at some point, they're going to have to replenish it. And, you know, they're releasing it at, what, $40, $50 a barrel. And now they're going to have to replenish it at $100, $120 a barrel. How is that helping the taxpayer who's going to end up paying the tax? It's harming. It's harming the taxpayer, as everything that every solution they have seems to do. And it's even worse than that. The average buy-in of what he's releasing is $27. Um, Yeah, I didn't. Google the actual prices. Yeah, I, no, no, no. Of course, but I'm just saying. So now you, you, you're, you're releasing an asset, a true asset that we, the people, have theoretically made money on, but it's equity, right? So we bought it at 27. It's on the world market. It's worth 120, 115, whatever it is. So you, you, you theoretically have that profit unless you actually just give it away, which is what they've done. And it's an arbitrage that you can't get back. So you're, the answer to your question is we're just going to take that on the chin, as we are whenever government spends money. And, you know, Mike, it's truly a good example of the velocity of money. You know, money has a timestamp, and that's what it can acquire at the time you use it. As Inflation happens, that means minute to minute, second to second, that money is losing value constantly and forever, unless you're in an asset that's gaining value. And every day that Joe Biden has been in office, the American dollar has lost money. This is a terrible trajectory, and it's one the government doesn't know how to solve, but it does know how to ruin and profit from if you're in that upper echelon. It's a very diabolical position, and as I hear Powell say he's going to slow inflation, ironically what he's going to do is just create more bankruptcy. And more subsidies will have to go out. It'll double down, and this is how you set the dominoes for what the Weimar Republic went through, in my opinion. God, life just sucks some days. But we're Um, Americans, and we're going to do fine. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. You're fine. You can say that. No, no, I didn't mean to curse. I didn't hear you. Um, Oh, good. You can say. My second question Yeah, you can say sucks. I say Democrats suck all the time. Go ahead. Yeah, I know, but that's you. You can do what you want. Go ahead. My second question was, you know, we have a new national holiday, yeah. Juneteenth, uh-huh. which is fine. I make no comment. I, I have no problem. Holidays or not. Yeah. I wondered what it costs U.S. businesses every time they create a new national holiday. And I know for a fact that no one in the federal government gives a damn about the cost. You know what I find interesting about federal holidays? If you say, let's say you want to pay your taxes and you have tax debt and your penalty for tax debt is 18% compounded, you know how they charge you that interest. Absolutely. If you were going to pay your taxes on that day and it's it's delinquent, you have to eat that cost. So aside from what it costs, I mean, when the government's closed, at least we know we have fixed loss versus when it's open. The devastation to everybody who isn't in on that scheme and making money for nothing. It's a devastating cost. But I want to say, we're going to look that up, Squirrel Hands. The no, cost, I mean, because, you know. The cost uh, to run I the government every day. It's an interesting point because what you've done is just put it on the tab. I mean, after all, isn't that what the position we've been thrown in by the government? The very few, there's only 30% of us that are net taxpayers. Vast majority well, of like Americans. Nephew, yeah. He's got a nice job. Uh-huh. He gets triple time. Because of Juneteenth, uh-huh. when last year or two years ago, it was just a regular Monday hourly rate. Well, he and doesn't I work for government because he has to go to work, so he must work <laughs> for a contractor that has a contract with government, right? But all I'm saying is you go from straight time to now triple time 
or your business is just flat closed because it's a federal holiday. And I just wondered, what kind of money are we talking? Um, let's say tens of billions and work down from there. Mike, I appreciate yeah. the call. I appreciate oh. you staying on hold. Thank you, buddy, very much. We're going to find out I the ask answer. You one last quick Go. question. Absolutely. Boxers. Every time yeah. <laughs> I hear the radio, the president or somebody says, we're investing in America. Has anybody ever asked any of these politicians what's going to be our rate of return? I think you if see we're it. Making an investment. You're going to see it in 20 minutes on the news. The rate of return is chaos. Where the government yeah. invests the most money are the worst places to be. That should be something people put together. Because when we do that, maybe we can fix it. But until we Sean, do that... I really appreciate you taking my call. I'm Mike, sorry to take so much of I appreciate time. you making the call, Mike. Thank you very much. John and Mattoon. Hi there. Oh, John. I, I came down here. Hold on, John. We got you on, We got you on the chipmunk line. I'm going to have Honey Bunny solve that because John has a very important comment I want to get to. Let's, sexy as a devil, even in a high-pitched voice. That's right. That's me. Thank you very much. I am sexy as a devil. Hey, Bill. Southside. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Pritzker reminds me more of a job at a hut, but really, you know, aspect, the whole Democratic Party reminds me of a job at a hut. <laughs> but I will say this, Bill. Although I like the analogy and I can see the resemblance, Jabba the Hutt, if memory serves me correct, was a, uh, a a gang leader and was somebody that actually produced profit, although be it in the black market. But Jabba the Hutt didn't start out with a trust fund his grandpappy stole from the uh, gangsters of Chicago and the bootleggers. He actually had to work for his money. So I will say this. I pose this position to you. Jabba the Hutt was five times the businessman, the f- our fat governor is what do you think of that well it says a lot all right thank you very much i say a lot that's why they gave me three hours thank you bill john from mattoon hi there hi john well i happen to come down here from uh up northern part of the state all right and noted that 200 of joe's immigrants got dumped out here between charleston and mattoon 200 what were they doing yes 200 they were all over the place. The young males were harassing the girls. And what were they doing? You know those phones that they're supposed to be tracked by? Yeah, they yeah, were yeah. selling them. <laughs> oh, come on. You got to love here's yeah. the Here's the good news. Those brand new illegal aliens are better businessmen than the normal Democrats that are, have been on welfare for four generations. At least they know how to make a profit. And well, the, you know what? They're smart enough to know to tell the people who are selling the phones to not to call anyone that they know that could be tracked. Use them for just general calls. They were selling these phones for 100 bucks a piece. How many did you and buy? turning around, explaining. They were, they were going out and just buying the track phones. Unbelievable, John. Unbelievable. And you know what? I could be wrong, but something tells me that's going to lead to inflation, too. What do you think? Well, you know, uh, who's paying for those phones? John, when you're talking who's about normally inflation. not in Mattoon, is paying for those phones. Phil, who's on 294. Craig in Mount Greenwood. Mitchell in Des Plaines. And every other sucker capitalist, we're the ones paying for it. And the welfare roaches are the that's, ones getting it. John. That's my comment. Thank you. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't give a ride. Just stay in the car. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's open border policies are producing suffering 
chaos, and misery. They are producing Americans being killed by the scourge of fentanyl. They are producing little boys and little girls being repeatedly sexually assaulted by human traffickers. They are producing crime and death. And Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's open borders policies are making your families less safe. But they are improving phone sales. Anybody want to guess who the provider of those welfare phones, anybody want to guess the political party they give money to? Put me down for the Democrats. 50 bucks, squirrel hand. See if we can get any action. See if that... See if that lawyer in the Mercedes in Glencoe wants to cover that action. I'd like to take $50 off that slip and fall rat. Phil, 294. Hey, Sean, I got a couple of comments. The first one is when you go buy uh, groceries or TVs or whatever, at the bottom of the receipt, it tells you how much tax you pay. Yeah. I think when you go buy gas at the bottom of your receipt, it should show the breakdown of all the taxes you paid to who you paid it for. You remember Sunco yeah. Oil? You remember Sunco gas stations? Yeah. They tried that, and the government threatened them with taking away their business license. They don't need the people to know that the government makes more than anybody in the oil business. They need their constituents stupid and dependent. It's the only way they could stay in power, and it's the secret sauce of the Democrat mafia. Sean, I got another point. One more. All right, go ahead. Strategic oil reserve. Yeah. First of all, it's supposed to be strategic. Second of all, Biden's talking about how much oil money oil companies are making. My question to Biden is, how much is the government making selling strategic oil reserves to the oil companies? Because if you remember, Trump loaded up the oil reserve. $27. uh, Right. uh, At $2 a Two dollars a gallon, or two dollars a gallon, or barrel, or whatever. No, it was the average price is twenty-seven that he bought it for. So if if what you're saying uh, applies, they're middling it for over eighty dollars a barrel. And you're asking who gets that profits? Well, how do you think they wear those thirty-five hundred dollars suits? You don't think this Irish gypsy pretending to be president actually was a businessman and earned that suit? Do you? He stole it, just like he did the Dupont Mansion and the other one on the beach does explain the blonde. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. We have a new listener. Kevin, Chicago, good and bad. Yes. Yes, sir. Go How ahead. are you doing? How are you? <laughs> I'm all right, man. Listen, I'm a new listener to your show. I'm loving what you're doing. I used to listen to them schlubs on another station, 890. Yeah. But anyway, man, oh, man, I, I the, what the man's doing in this country is downright disgusting. I'm 44 years old. I live south side of Mayor Daly's. I mean, I can't. The only reason I'm there is my mother. But listen, I'm Irish. I'm Irish, 100%. Galloway. Please, quit disparaging the Irish because of this moron that we got in office. I would. (laughs) I would. And you know I'm right when I talk about that Irish gypsy. But what about the other ones that ruined my city of Chicago? You know what I mean? I got a problem. Burke, Madigan, Daly. 
All short in the pants. All gangsters. I don't like it. I don't like it, but I do like the Irish people. I've got Irish people in my family. I mean, I'm not Irish, but my name is Sean, and half the time I nod when Irish people go, we're so proud to have you, I don't want to ruin their day and tell them I'm a Viking and Italian. But thank you very much, Kevin. And and it doesn't mean you. It just means the Irish gangsters. And you know exactly who I'm talking about, and you don't like them either. And don't forget the FBI. That's their cousin that let them get away with all this skullduggery for 50 years. I don't like those FBI guys either. Also short in the pants. The side parts. All right, I'll be back. We have a great guest, a rabbi. I cannot wait to talk to, but that'll be after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson, and this is the Sean Thompson Show. Principles of Americanism have been undermined for decades, but in these last few years, there has been a specific attack on all Americans in this attempt to disrupt judgment. Judgment is something that I think Americans give up too much, and they are swindled by those people who are constantly in control of what people deem to be politically correct. Political correctness is the scepter of all tyrants. I don't like how we've been undermined. The good news is there are a lot of people that don't like it. My next guest is Rabbi Yaakov Menken. He's the founding and current manager of the Director of the Coalition for Jewish Values. He wanted to come on and talk about something specifically. Rabbi, th- Rabbi, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Thank you. Good evening. Doing well. How are you? Very good, but I have been perturbed, and I want to confess something to you. Um, I'm not particularly, personally, a religious person, although I raised my kids in a parochial school. And I don't like to sometimes talk about these kinds of things while using religion as a shield. I prefer to use the principles of right and wrong, and often these two things join, and I think this is a particular one of these instances, as we see an attack on the most basic principles of humanity, the concept of what is a boy and what is a girl. This is something I never even imagined we'd be facing, and I have to believe it's even harder for you um, to go through this than it is me. Am I right? Well, I can't compare how you feel about it and how I feel about it, but it's certainly a bizarre inversion of the world that I don't think anybody legitimately envisioned. You like the 1980s. I'm, I'm wondering why they haven't canceled the whole series of Hollywood actors who made jokes about transgenderism back in the 1990s. Yeah. As, it's, it, it's just an astonishing thing to me, Rabbi. And, and I'll tell you this. I had an instance when my daughter, who's now 21, was a young girl, and at that time, I have no, you know, look, you wanna, you're an adult, you want to look very insane to me and dress in your mother's clothes, go ahead. But um, uh, this was happening to me where a transgender uh, uh, guy in a woman's clothes, I don't know what I'm supposed to call him, uh, was trying to use the bathroom, and I had a three-year-old in there. And I said, come on, pal, stop monkeying around, go use the right bathroom. 
And that was the instance, because to me as a man, as a father, it is our job to protect the innocents among us. Yet I, 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 I'm in my cigar store today, and a dear friend of mine, whose, whose um, son just bought a property in the same town called Oak Park, told me that in the parks they have uh, neutral gender bathrooms. Where I have to worry if I, he has to worry. His grandson is in there and, you know, somebody wants to go in there of the wrong sex. It's, it's just bizarre to me, Rabbi. It, it's terrible what they are doing. In fact, uh, this, this uh, athlete who calls um, himself, herself, Leah Thomas, competing in swimming, it's not just that she, having gone through puberty and adolescence, as a man, as a boy turning to a man, and therefore has an inherent huge advantage over women, but it's also that he has not had surgical modification. So every one of these girls in the changing room at the University of Pennsylvania swim team has a sexual harassment complaint against the university. The university subjected them to this, made them be in the same room with male. Now, it's something that you and I both know. This could not happen if it were not supported by some very powerful people. And ultimately, we pretend that we have something called government. But the reality is we just have people who have certain professions and occupations we give credibility to. Sometimes the most diabolical thing happens where these very powerful oligarchs in society are also part of the government. Here in Illinois, we're facing this full throttle. And it particularly talks about this topic. Am I correct? Uh, it's so it seems. So At what? At least according to an author in Tablet Magazine who identified the Pritzker family as being behind a lot of this transgenderism. Jennifer Bielek, writing in Tablet, uh, asserts that it's this billionaire family that is pushing transgenderism. And they're doing it from the aspect of the one time the cousins agree. There is one cousin who is supposedly a Republican, who is a transgender. He's a man who dresses as a woman. And there's the other cousin who is a beanbag with a pumpkin on it, who also is a governor. And together, they are forever using both the power of billionaires and the power of governors to kind of orchestrate this change in bathrooms, in in the fundamental principles of a man and woman. And in fact, the matter is, um, they're in absolute and total control, are they not? Well, so much of what we see going on in society is based on, you know, first of all, he who has the gold makes the rules. That's the real golden rule. When they, can, when they have enough money to push their agenda, when they have enough money to get themselves elected and then continue pushing the agenda, obviously they have huge influence. But also when you have the tools of government, you can actually force people to fall in line or punish them. The Biden administration, for example, right now is pushing forward rules. They, they will literally not give school meal funding to a school that doesn't let boys into the girls' bathroom. So this is a direct attack on schools that are based in the principles of religion whether they be Christianity or Judaism. The direct... thing is, when you, when you wander away from religion, you need, there is no mooring. You go wherever you wish and say, oh, that's the new moral value. 
That's how you have a entire political party in America promoting ideas that this members of the same party, the leaders of the same party, rewind 60 years and they would call everything that's being promoted today by the left mental illness. And not just in this area, but it is certainly true in this area. The idea that a man can be a woman or a woman can be a man, it's profoundly unhealthy. It does not help the mental health of the people who are afflicted with it to be coddled. It ends up not working. You have people reversing their decision decades later. And all of this is a mental illness being inflicted on society by people who think they know better for us what is right and wrong than, for example, the Bible. I'm curious. There was a uh, defector from the Soviet Union in the 70s named Yuri Bezmenov, and he predicted what would happen to American society. And the way in which he explained it was an attack on not just the principles of Americanism, but the values of it. Isn't that a better explanation than the idea that these people really want me to look at a six foot four man in a woman's locker room and make me admit or pretend that that is anything other than a man in a woman's locker room? Isn't that really the the purpose here? They're not convinced of it either. They simply want my complacency. Would that not be true? Or your acquiescence. That you're afraid to say anything different. That you're afraid to express an opinion. Look at the people getting canceled for saying things which, when you look at them, are rational, objectively true. The uh, And by the way, I, it just happens to be, I mean, I, I, obviously I pick up on this as a Jewish person myself, but a lot of the professors getting canceled for expressing conservative ideas. Cats at Princeton, Wax at Penn, and the list goes on. I'm, I'm not going to remember the name for the, the names for you right now, but look how many Jewish names are on that list of people they're trying to punish and remove their tenure for expressing conservative ideas and correct ideas. In the case of Wax, it was kind of obvious. She said, if you let people in due to affirmative action, you shouldn't be surprised when they don't academically perform as well as the peers who came uphill against affirmative action by having extra academic credentials. Well, that's obviously true. Every, every logical person should understand that. But no, they called it racist to acknowledge this reality. It's a difficult position we're in. We have a vice president in the United States. I played a clip yesterday where she said you do not have to change your idea of religion in order to partake in the abortion policy of this government. And um, isn't the fact that we as as people who knew right from wrong, the religious uh, portion of our society and the people who, who knew the atrocity of abortion sit complacently by as we pretended this was somehow right. Haven't we been hoisted by our own petard? Shouldn't this be something we stood up against decades ago? Well, it's hard to stand up against it when you have activist judges in the Supreme Court who decide to create new rights out of whole cloth. That the, you know, that, That's what we're hoping to see in the Dobbs decision. The the statement that Roe v. Wade, it's, it's, this is not concluding a debate, it's reopening a debate. It's allowing for the fact that Americans have different opinions on this. It is not a fundamental right. 
you can be a civilized country and believe in preserving the unborn. That seems to be a revolutionary idea in American society right now, thanks to the behavior of the Supreme Court in 1973. That's why we're hoping to see that reversed. It's not really Americans' fault because they were presented with this by judicial fiat, judges deciding to create new rights not found in the Constitution as if they were the founding values of America. Nonsense. It's quite the predicament. And, I, you know, I'm curious, Rabbi, as you, you know, your entire life is dedicated towards learning, towards teaching, through practicing a faith. How do you stay optimistic about your fellow man, not your personal situation, you know what that is, about your fellow man and the country that was based in the freedom to be an individual? Do you stay optimistic as you watch your fellow uh, Jewish people, your fellow Christians, your fellow Americans, simply willfully walk into a totalitarianism they deserve versus the liberty and freedom they were given? Well, it's possible to be optimistic when you surround yourself and you find there's an awful lot of good people out there who recognize what a bad situation this is and what a potentially dangerous situation this is. You also look at society over time, and the world has come closer to certain ideals, ideals like respect for human life, respect for peace over warfare. The first world certainly recognizes these things to be true. And they're all, by the way, of course, biblical values. This is where the Founding Fathers got it from. Founding Fathers created the second country on Earth, by the way, explicitly created under God. Yet religious countries, these religious countries had monarchs who were really the god of the country, because they determined what God wanted. The King of England explicitly decided, I don't want to respect what the Pope has to say, and created a new religion. The United States was created differently. We're going to respect God and recognize that no human being is the absolute monarch of this country. And that goes back all the way to biblical times when King David was the first king to face an actual balance of powers, where he couldn't do whatever he felt was right. So there's, a, there's things that are moving in the right direction, and now America is the leader of the free world, although it seems to be busily trying to abdicate the throne, as it were. Uh, but still, there's a lot to be optimistic about when you take a very long-term view at society. And you also find those people who hang around, you know, like yourself, understand what values are and understand what right and wrong are. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just hard-pressed to find somebody that, um, regardless of, of, of political opinions, can agree on something as an objective truth, like the simplistic notion of a man or a woman. And as I watch these pseudo-intellectual witch doctors and spin doctors whip all people in a frenzy, and I have young girls go through the intimidation of society as it be today in order to bend knee to something they know is wrong, it becomes demoralizing and aggravating. You have to remember, I do not have the benefit of your intellect and your um, uh, constant referral to God, I am simply 
half Norwegian and half Italian, so I am either ready to make out with my wife or fight somebody constantly. It's a very tough position to be in, Rabbi. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> but we all recognize that the, the LGBTQ agenda they're promoting simply isn't honest and it simply isn't reasonable. I mean, the idea that we should allow children in school to declare a change of gender, do things... The idea that, well, no, no child would do that in order to annoy their parents. Are you out of your mind? Yeah. And no how... child makes dumb decisions <laughs> that they regret later. <laughs> really? Every human being does. And we, you know, we don't, we don't let kids drive till they're sixteen, vote till they're eighteen, or fire a gun or have a drink till they're twenty-one. But we're going to allow them to determine their own gender at the age of seven. Actually, I have, my, I have a daughter who works in a uh, health clinic for children with autism. Now, a child with autism at the age of five, you don't trust what the child determines when they for lunch. Yeah. They're not allowed to make their own decisions about lunch. And yet one of these autistic children came back from the COVID shutdown as the opposite gender. Oh, my word. You know, I want to I get your opinion on this before I let you go, because it's something that's been bothering me. Uh, one of the most important people in my life happened to be homosexual. I had no ill will. I have no ill will towards anybody whose sexuality it is. I don't, as long as they don't make me conform to a judgment I didn't come to on my own reason. This is something humanity has faced since the dawn of man. There has been homosexuality uh, since the dawn of man. Do you not think at this point the um, government has contributed to a greater divide than a greater understanding of some sense of equality? Haven't they stoked the division more than supplied some sort of cure for any animosity? Do you think this was intentional? And I'm curious to know what you think the outcome will be. Well, you you look at something last year as two years prior. The House tried to pass, they did pass, something called the Equality Act. Because they want equality. And in the name of their equality, they said that if you believe marriage is between a man and a woman, you're a bigot. If you believe that men are men and women are women... You're a bigot. And oh, by the way, the Orthodox Jewish community divides routinely. We divide activities like dancing, things like that, by gender. So any Orthodox wedding has the men dancing on one side and women dancing on the other. According to the terms of the Equality Act, that's a bias crime. You're a so bigot. You're telling people of faith <laughs> for just maintaining the same beliefs they had 500 years ago now they're bigots. They're transphobic, they're homophobic, they're misogynist for believing the same things out of the Bible that we've believed for hundreds, and in our case, obviously, thousands upon thousands of years. Yes. Well, of course that's going to lead to division in society. Of course, if you're the Biden administration saying, this is the law, you know, and we're not going to let you have school meals for your children unless you let the children into the opposite gender's bathroom. That's obviously going to create division in America. 
Rabbi, I have enjoyed talking to you. I'm going to call on you again when I have religious issues and topics. That is the one weak spot I have. And I uh, am looking forward to those days. And I look forward to um, you being successful. And tell my people where they can go to keep up with you, because you are quite busy. In fact, you also have a project, Genesis, and you're the architect of Torah.org and TorahMedia.com. Is that where my people can go to check out? Well, that, that's for the learning stuff. If you want to understand how this impacts public policy, the Coalition for Jewish Values, our website is cjvalues.org. The application of those same Torah values to American public policy, there's just so much that is being debated today. That If you look in the Bible, the Bible tells you definitely go one way. And those are the areas where we try to make our mark, cjvalues.org. Or if you like typing, coalitionforjewishvalues.org. <laughs> <laughs> He's Rabbi Yaakov Menken. Thank you so much for joining me. I truly do appreciate it. Have a great evening. Thank you so much. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. <laughs> Could you even make this song today? This dude looks like a lady, right? Can't even make this song today. I'll tell you, it was, uh, I, 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 I am always, um, that is a weak spot of mine, uh, religion. It's just this, and I'll tell you why. It's something in my brain that just, I have to be, it has to be provable to me. It has to be a fact to me, but I can respect religious people, and I do. I respect somebody who dedicates their life to religion, to something that ultimately the answer is faith. I respect it, and I respect the tradition of Catholicism even, even though I don't practice anymore or was raised. I respect the traditions of Christianity in general, reject the swindlers in the South who drive around in Learjets while their constituents or their... uh, Parishioners are forced to eat dog food to supply their gas. I call them swindlers, and I reject the the man in religion, but I can still have respect for ultimately the religion. One thing I cannot have respect for are political and obvious liars, liars like this. Throughout my career, I have focused on the intersection between medical, mental, and behavioral health. Now, if this particular man dressed as a woman looked like Cindy Crawford, I got no problem with that. But you look preposterous preposterous you're clearly a dude dressed in women's clothing and when it comes to this collegiate pretend athlete i did not know until the rabbi told me he still has his schwansteiger it's a man baby didn't even go through the surgery and now changing with girls who are in college i understand they're women i have two of them i understand that but as a father of girls and I have to force my daughters to pretend he belongs in their locker room? Outrageous. Far enough. The drag queens in grade, forcing grade school kids. The indoctrination. And what is the purpose? You're not going to change the fact that is a ugly man dressed as a woman. Ugly. Now, if you can slip by a Cindy Crawford... 
Good for you. But I'm tired of telling, having people tell me what to think. But it does make sense of how we are in a position in this country when failures and frauds are at the levers of power. Because they need you to put your judgment, to put your principles on the curb, rather than speak truth to the ultimate power. A government obviously lying enough to pass off some 65-year-old fat man as a female admiral. And as your ash, I will continue that. You're not my ash. You're just a big ass. A male ass. Linda Palos Heights. Hey, Sean. Hi, Linda. Listen, I, you know what? I, I am serious. I am just, where are the women's livers? Where are the Virginia Slim smoking women? You come a long way, baby. Standing up for women's rights. Why? They're why, exposed. Why? They're, they're exposed as the opportunist political whores they are. They are. Huh? I'll tell you, Sean, several years ago, I was much younger than I am now. I was in, in England and happened to be in a restaurant and uh, was a co-ed bathroom. I, as an adult woman who had four children, felt so uncomfortable having men walking in the bathroom and now we're subjecting our young girls, our high school girls. I wasn't all girls high school. I can't imagine having a boy calling himself a, a, a woman changing in the locker room with me. I mean, this is outrageous. I am. And 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 you know what else it is, Linda? It 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 is evidence that intellectually, as humanity, forget about the nations and all the rest of it. Just as humanity, because this is a push going around the world, intellectually. Humanity is in its infancy. And this notion that I just need somebody to tell me what to think, that's the deal breaker. You freaks and weirdos, don't tell me what is right. I tell you what is right. This is a 65-year-old man dressed in a woman masking his voice. Focus. And And support policy initiatives. To improve Americans' physical and mental well-being. I think the fact that I need to have a 65-year-old man mask his voice and dress in women's skirt to talk about mental health shows the fact that we don't have any mental health. We've got a bunch of mental midgets. 65-year-old creep walked in the bathroom with my two granddaughters. I'd beat the crap out of them. I would. I I love that, Linda. And I'll tell you what, as as a Melrose Parker, so would every woman I went to grade school with. Twice the men of the man that would pretend that that is actually a woman. Where's your character? Where's your common sense? Where's your dignity? Damn it. Doug, South Loop. Yeah, Sean, I have a, a quick tip. Uh, for your listeners on this issue. And this is not uh, patently obvious. But you said uh, a couple times, and I, I, I commend you for saying it, you say you're referring to a man dressing as a woman. Now, you play the liberal for a second. All right. If I referred to... Hold on, and, wait, and I'm not done losing IQ points. All right, go ahead. <laughs> if, the, if I were to say what you said, if I was talking to somebody who was left-wing, and I said, Colonel Pritzker is a man wearing a dream, women's, woman's dress, <laughs> what would your first thing you would say in response? What's the first thing you would say? He's almost as ugly a woman as he was a man. Well, no, that's, <laughs> I don't think you would say that. I think if you were a liberal, the first thing you would say is, look, 
he's transgender. Yeah, right. That That's... word should not be used. That word was just invented uh, about yesterday on the scale of time. I, was, I, don't, I think if you check it, it I've checked it, it's a, around 20 years ago was the first time it even rears its head. Stick with the verbs. Never, the most, one of the things that we do that I think causes a lot of confusion amongst people who can see reality for what it is, is they adopt the terms of the left. And we've yes. done it, that applies to all sexual identity terms. But when someone says, when you just say so-and-so is a man in a woman's dress, if they push back and say he's transgender, to say, well, that's a word that was embedded yesterday to accommodate a particular political point of view, I'm referring to what the person actually does. Um, Language is the weapon of the con artist. What do you think of that, Doug? Language is the weapon of the con artist. Language is the weapon of the con artist. And if they can get you to parrot their misdefinition and misuse of words before you know it, you'll be calling Marxist, communist, socialist, and fascist liberal. Huh? See what I did there? And now, another thing, Doug, you're in in the South Loop. We, as two heterosexuals in Chicago, which is a rare thing nowadays, can admit, as repulsive, as Pritzker is in female clothing, he's still prettier than Dr. Awardi. Agreed? Uh, agreed. Thank you very much. We can come to terms. 312-642-5600. That's why Roger Pedactor is dead. He found Captain Winky. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. So unbelievable that we're at this position in the year 2022 where the government is using its power to indoctrinate children versus letting everybody just live. This is the problem with the idea that we as Americans allowed the government to be in the love business anyway. This has always been my argument. I've never, I still to this day, I don't care if someone is homosexual. I never did. Most important people, some of them in my life. Happened to be homosexual. It had no bearing on anything to me. But they didn't, at that time, in that generation, in my generation, didn't force kids to accept, be aware of, or constantly beat over the head some ideology. They minded their own business. It was a beautiful time in America. 70s, 80s, 90s. Beautiful time. You didn't, homosexuals didn't need the forced approval of heterosexuals or family members. They just were themselves. And if there was judgment cast upon them or conversation that they didn't like, they rejected it, rightfully so, as they should have. And it got so crazy that in an old neighbor, Italian neighborhood, gangster neighborhood, Italian tough guys would stick up for their relatives and friends and my friends who were homosexual. This isn't an, an idea of bigotry. It's an idea of reason. I don't have to accept your government definition of what a man or woman is. I get to use science, actual chromosomes. That's how I like to do it. I furthermore don't need to have my opinion coerced out of me or be intimidated by government, by teachers, by anybody. I get to make up my mind and you get to make up your mind. If we could only get back to that ideology, maybe we could understand this as one giant distraction so that these crooked bastards could rob the citizen's future and control it through deception. Kira Elgin. Sean, I don't know if uh, my stomach has muscles or not, but I am belly laughing 
so much with you lately that I feel like I'm actually getting a workout. So thank you. Yeah, I'm good for the abs. My show may be aggravating, but good for the abs. I like that. Good for for the abs. But, Sean, I I do believe God is, you know, my whole life, and God does not make mistakes. And if you believe in the Bible somewhat, God created man, and from man he created woman. So he didn't. Yeah make another woman from from something else he took the rib of adam and created one man to be at his yeah. side i i, so I don't I want to be related was... to my wife i'm I, i'm silly that way um but well, i will well, I... you are you are one. Oh boy i'll tell you what then explain you know i think my my idea is that god has the sense of humor of don rickles although he looks like charlton heston and he likes to be called Odin, and he doesn't like the idea that anybody would force the opinion of a collective onto an individual. I think God's going to be really irritated with the fascists all around the world. I really do. I don't know what it is, but I will say this. I am curious to know how people who have dedicated their lives to this notion of a higher power explain the stupidity, the war, the fascism, the demonic ideology of people who are are happy to be in control of other people the whole time as they meander in not just poverty, because money has nothing to do with it, but meander in this failed system that is all around the world, except a country that was based on freedom. I'd like to know how the Democrat explains the philosophy of fascism and still gets to use the word liberal. Kira, if you could solve that, And you could tell me why Rachel Levine or uh, Leah Thomas should use the ladies' room. My word. If that's not an argument for bathroom doors, let's make them like Europe where they go floor to ceiling. Let's hide that from everybody, even the trans testicles. I'll be back in 21 hours. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flint. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.